Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. We finally made it up to this point. The past two weeks I have recorded on the first two films in the main Conjuring series. So it's only natural that we should go ahead and complete the trilogy. This could also very well be the final film in the main Conjuring series. But hey, let's get into the episode. This is the 2021 Michael Chaves directed The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. First off with this, wow, what a title. It really is too long. I understand that they wanted to maybe separate this a little bit, make it something different and new considering this is the first main Conjuring film without director James Wan. It's just it goes on a little long. I actually laughed the first time I heard it. I think I'm going to use that as an excuse for everything that happens in my life now. If I do something wrong, well, devil made me do it. I don't mean to mock anything. I just would have preferred a title of The Conjuring 3. Maybe you could have still included the subtitle of The Devil Made Me Do It. Who knows? Then people could have just called it The Conjuring 3. At the end of the day, I think everyone is still going to call it just The Conjuring 3. That's actually how I'm going to be referring to this one. I know it's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. To me, it's The Conjuring 3. This new Conjuring film, of course, drops us right into the action. Almost the way the first two did, they kind of set the tone for the rest of the film. The difference with this one, the intro, actually ties to the whole movie. It's not just a false opening to the movie. I guess you could say the second one tied into the first one with the nun character and such. But I think it's good that it opened this way. The Conjuring 3 opens different than the other films. It also has a big blatant reference to another horror movie at the very start of the film. We get a shot of the priest, which is very similar to the iconic scene from the movie The Exorcist. I was wondering if anybody really caught that, and apparently it's one of the most glaring things that people are realizing. I don't know if it was a good idea to actually reference and, in a way, rip that off. I know it's nice to have little references to other films, but I don't know if the Conjuring series really lends itself to borrowing from other films. If we're being honest on the whole thing, the Conjuring series as a whole isn't really the most original, but what it is is very well made. I would say the third film in the main series is no exception. It's very well made. I just feel like the lack of director James Wan is definitely missed and felt here. I would have liked to have seen director James Wan come back for the third Conjuring film, but sadly we did not get that. The general story for The Conjuring 3 involves the 1981 trial of Arnie Johnson, who was convicted of murder for murdering his landlord. The movie uses this as a frame because Arnie Johnson used the defense that he was under demonic possession at the time of the murder. It's shown to us earlier in the film that the family of his girlfriend, well, her little brother was under demonic possession. Arnie goes and begs the demon to take him, so that's when all the chaos starts in Arnie's life. The Warrens just so happen to be there helping out with the case. In reality, in the real story, it was a little bit before that where the Warrens were involved. The movie only shows us the 
the main family here, the Glatzels, it shows us towards the tail end of their struggles. It's shown to us that young David Glatzel, played here by Julian Hilliard, was in fact possessed. If that really happened, I have no idea, but that's the story, and that was actually the story that was presented in front of courts. However, Arnie Johnson didn't really use that in his defense in real life. So the movie does go, just like The Conjuring 2, goes and takes some severe liberties with the whole overall story. I think the first one probably took a lot of liberties as well. I'm okay with that. The thing about this is, is that I thought I was getting maybe a court case movie, sort of like The Haunting of Emily Rose. I think that's actually a great movie with the way it's structured. It's primarily a court film with little flashback scenes. It's interesting. I like the way it was done. I think they should have maybe gone that route here, because the actual framework of the possession, the demonic possession stuff with Arnie Johnson and whatnot, it's really downplayed. This is a movie that is primarily devoted to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren, again, are played by actors Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. They really were some of the best parts of the other Conjuring films, but they weren't really given the starring role and presence like they are here in The Conjuring 3. I think that's perfectly fine. This movie may even touch your heart a little bit with the overall love story between Ed and Lorraine Warren, specifically because she's faced now with the first time of actually losing Ed. During the opening scene with David Glatzel and his possession, Ed Warren has a heart attack. He's also the only one that witnesses Arnie say, take me, leave David alone. It's disappointing that we didn't get a lot of the courtroom stuff because I really would be interested to see how they could dress it up that the jury would be more than happy to accept that somebody could in fact be possessed by the devil. And that's what they could use as a defense for murder. It's kind of mind-blowing. Instead of getting a lot of the true story or supposed true story, we get a lot of the fiction. Again, this is where I think The Conjuring has some major missteps. I think they should go for a more realistic approach. It's okay, I accept it, because that's in fact what this movie is. It's a scary film. It's a scary film series. But it really doesn't do much when it's based on a true story and you use very little of the true story, unless the actual true story was not all that great in the first place. So there's a lot of factors at play with that. The overall actual story is one of Ed and Lorraine Warren. We have Ed and Lorraine Warren investigating this possession and exorcism that they were a part of. They're investigating all this because they're trying to find the cause. And the actual cause of all this is basically a witch. So most of this movie here is largely fictionalized because I don't think this witch character was really a part of the actual exorcism and demonic possession of Arnie, or David for that matter. But it does tie to the Annabelle series, such as the Cult of the Ram, I believe that's what it's called. It ties to all that, so it works for creating the little Conjuring universe that they were making. I just would have liked to have seen more of the actual story. But that's not to say that the satanic and witchcraft occult theme of this movie is not fascinating or interesting. 
The fiction here is very engaging. I like the actress that played the very creatively titled The Occultist. It's actress Eugenie Bondurant. She's very good in her role here. She creates a more dimensional character than what we've seen before in a Conjuring film, mostly because she's not dead. Instead, she's just a witch that devoted herself to Satan, or a demon in this film, and she has to give the demon some souls, because if she doesn't, then she has to give her own. It's nice to see actor John Noble here in the film, too. I think he did a great job, as well as a former priest that has a lifelong obsession with the cult of the ram and may or may not have set things in motion here. There is a last minute twist and that twist is not very surprising. It's easy to call, but again, the movie itself is so enjoyable, it makes you wonder if you really care if it's predictable or not. It's fun to see the characters of Ed and Lorraine Warren specifically here because this is the first film that actually paints them up as paranormal detectives more or less so in a lot of ways this movie reminded me of like a big budget x-files film it definitely has that kind of vibe about it i think it works for the conjuring series as a whole because if we're going to look at a radical reinvention why not do it with the ending of the series i say ending of the series because i'm not sure they're going to make another one this movie really did feel like a love letter to Ed and Lorraine Warren with however you may think of them as whether they're frauds or whether they were 100% the real thing. It really is just a love letter to them. I can't say if I think that it's true or not. I think I'm probably going to the I'm a skeptic and that it's probably not true with a lot of their things that they encountered. But maybe they did encounter some of it, and it does have a tiny little bit of truth. I think the X-Files vibe that this movie gave off was one reason why I enjoyed it more than the second. For one, I'm a big fan of the X-Files. For another, I think this movie was wise that it wasn't setting up numerous spin-offs. The occultist character is interesting enough that I would like to see where her character actually came from. Sure, we're told her story here, but let's hear the whole story the whole idea of having these weird things happen in the movie with it not really being so much of demons but only being brought about by the curse set in motion by a witch well then you have something pretty interesting here i think her backstory could make an engaging film if we look at the conjuring 2 my main complaint is the fact that it felt like they were just trying to set up more and more spin-off series, which they still may go that route. There's nothing really stopping them from continuing to make more movies, especially since they make money. I think the worst thing about it is that we haven't even had the Conjuring series around for 10 years yet. We have eight movies. It feels like way too much. Of course, that's kind of minor when you look at something like what Marvel was doing as far as the amount of movie output that they had. But I wind up getting exhausted because where you have such strong movies, I think you kind of dilute it a little bit too much with the more that you make. It's strange now that there's eight movies in the actual Conjuring series, yet the director of this one is the same director of The Curse of La Llorona, yet 
he doesn't consider The Curse of La Llorona to be an actual Conjuring film, even though it does have an actual tie to the series. So it's kind of strange overall. This here is a film series that we have either seven or eight movies in it. I choose to not really include the spinoffs as a part of the main series. So for me, there's really only three Conjuring films. This one here is much stronger than the other one, as this movie doesn't rely a whole lot on jump scares. Sure, there's a few of them. There's a few weird things that happen. It's more about building atmosphere and tension, and that's where The Conjuring 3 kind of falls apart a little bit. Because director Michael Chaves, he doesn't really do as good of a job as what James Wan did. James Wan really knew how to drag out those shots for maximum impact for when you do get that jump scare or where you don't get that jump scare. He knew how to play it just right. I don't think director Michael Chaves really knows how to do that. Curse of La Llorona was a perfectly fine film. It wasn't good, but it worked. It worked for what it was. I wasn't a fan of it, but it was a okay time waster. Here was really the movie that he could have given his all, and maybe he did. I don't know. I think the movie is good because it tries to be different. It's just, I think it would have been better if it was handled by a more experienced director or a director that could copy the style of James Wan a little bit better. A lot of the shots here, such as some upside down shots and whatnot, he does copy some of the things James Wan has done in the previous Conjuring films. It's just that it doesn't work as well here, even though if I was given a choice, I would take The Conjuring 3 over The Conjuring 2. While the direction isn't as good or as strong as the other two films, I think it was a wise move on their part to do a much more streamlined film. Even though we have that bracket, that framework of the Arnie Johnson and his murder trial, we're not shown a whole lot of that. But we're not really thrown back too much to that story. It happens a few times throughout. But honestly, you have that Ed and Lorraine Warren story. That's pretty much the whole thing of the movie. Sure, it all relates to it in one way or another, but it's much more streamlined and guided this time around. We don't have just different cases and different things thrown in. I guess The Conjuring 2 is in some ways similar to The Conjuring 3. It just seems like The Conjuring 3 here was much more streamlined with its approach, and I enjoyed it a little bit more specifically because of that. I have read that a lot of people are let down by The Conjuring 3, mostly because it doesn't have a lot of those jump scares and whatnot. I think we need to get away from jump scares in films. They're often a cheap tactic. When they're used well, they they're great. But when they're used too much throughout a film, they get tiresome. Especially when they decide to make the loud noise or whatever to make you jump. It doesn't evoke genuine fear from me to have a loud noise. Things that are much more lasting to me are scenes that may creep me out or scenes that stick with me. I don't really get scared by horror films in general, however, I do appreciate how a scene could be a little bit more intense because of the setting and atmosphere that the director creates instead of just loud noise and something jumping out from the corner or wherever they're going to jump from. 
Overall, I have to say I enjoyed The Conjuring 3. It wasn't bogged down with that whole setting things up for further sequels. It felt like a proper end to the series. If I was to not get another Conjuring film in the main series, it would be disappointing, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would feel satisfied overall because it gives some definite closure by the end of it. I like the fact that it shows the vulnerability of Ed Warren, that he has his disability now from having a heart attack. It's showing us the love that the two of them had together. It also told a pretty good story in the process, and I'm talking about the stories across all three films. I know on my last episode of The Conjuring 2, I was maybe a little bit more negative on it, but it's only that its flaws became more apparent after watching them back to back. Now, after watching The Conjuring 1, 2, 3 in pretty close proximity of each other, it really does tell a pretty good arc. I will probably go and seek out some of the other films that I did not see in the series, some of the other spin-offs. But overall, if this is the true end to The Conjuring series, I'm okay with that. However, it would really be fun to have Ed and Lorraine Warren go around with different case files, almost as a Mulder and Scully type of investigator, investigating their different case files. I would be totally down for that. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. I also have a website, adamanalyzes.com, so if you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so there. If you don't do social media and want to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. Plus, if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend? Maybe they'd enjoy it too. But with that being said, be kind and good night.